Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. This is what I want, this is what I need, if you don't have to go, I can set you free, are you gonna make a move, are you gonna come and see, whatever you wanna do, you know what's cool with me. Today's podcast is a solo episode and I'm going to be speaking with you about the topic of productivity. Now, when I think of that word, to me, it means the amount of things I can get done in a designated window of time or how efficient I'm being with the time I have available. And so in today's episode, I'm just going to share with you a couple of the things that I feel have made a huge difference to my productivity level over the last nine years or so. Before having the boys, I don't think I was an overly productive person. I was really happy to just plod along because I had endless or felt like endless windows of time available to me. And when I had the boys, that's when I think a lot of things changed. I mean, so many things changed for me, but my functioning had to change. I had to become really good at managing my time and getting the important things done efficiently. There's nothing quite like having two newborns to make you develop this like military level of precision in getting through everything that needs to happen. So that kind of leveled me up with my time management and productivity in just life you know, in just managing the things that had to get done in life. And then when I began studying and starting a business, that then elevated again what I needed, like how productive I needed to be in order to manage all of those moving parts. And I remember around that time, nine, eight years ago now, there was a big movement towards hustle culture, you know, get more into your 24-hour period, do more, have a side hustle, push, push, like drive yourself. And at the time, I found that really helpful because it felt like an accountability type technique of being like, you know what? No, I can get up at 4 a.m. I can get more into my day. And it was helpful. But I think over the course of the last however many years, we've all come to realize that hustle is great, doing more is great, but we also need that balance of just being, you know, less about the human doing and more about the human being. And we understand the importance of having balance and having time to do nothing. So I will speak a little bit about that as well, but I wanted to just share with you a handful of things that have truly made a massive difference in the ability to work from home, get things done, um, 
And obviously, if you work from home, a lot of what I'll, I'll talk about today will be a clear, like a clear line through. You'll be able to go, oh, yeah, I can see how I could do that as well. Or perhaps you're already doing a lot of it. But even if you are not working from home, all of these tips that I'm going to share with you today are easily transferable into other stages and phases of your life. The things that I'm going to share with you today about productivity are absolutely applicable to other areas of life. Maybe you are at home with a young bub right now. Maybe your children are much older and you're studying or you're returning to the workforce. Whatever it is, I think a lot of this stuff is transferable into other areas. So let's get stuck into it. Number one, first and foremost, lists. Like having lists just makes life so much easier. One for the fact that you can have that kind of mental debrief and spew everything out that's in your mind onto paper and capture it. I think a lot of the times we ruminate over the things that we have to do for fear that we're going to forget that we have to do them. And we are all carrying such a big mental load from the domesticity, the things we've got to do in the house to financial concerns, to relationships, to parenting, to work, to health. There are so many different areas in life that we are managing and carrying just mentally. So having a list is a great way to just get that off your mind and capture it so you can stop ruminating over certain things. I like to have a few different lists. Like I will have a master list of all of the things I've got to spew out and then I'll break it down. So I might have a list of things that I need to achieve for that week. Maybe it's for that month. It could be listed out in different areas of life, such as these are the medical appointments I've got to make this month, or these are the bills that I need to get on top of. So you might categorize your lists. I love pen to paper because I find it satisfying to mark things off and just have it there and not be distracted by putting the things into my phone. But it's really up to you. If you're out and about, it might be easier to have that digital list on your mobile phone Whereas for me, I feel as though I'm home so much of the time. I can have those physical lists in front of me. So do whatever works for you. I think my number one productivity tip out of all of them is to have a list for each day where you have your must do tasks at the top of that list. And when you are creating a list that includes your must do tasks, be very realistic, not overly ambitious. Sorry about that beeping in the background. That's my washing machine. Um, Speaking of productivity, multitasking, but being um, too ambitious with your daily hit list is really only setting yourself up to feel as though you failed or as though you're pressed and you're struggling. If you're realistic with what you can achieve with your top, say two to three tasks, and then you have other tasks underneath that that are nice to do, that you'd like to get done, but they're not essential. So your top three things on your hit list should be the things that are absolutely essential that you need to do before moving on to those other tasks. Having that list is my game changer. It saves me so much just actually knowing that I get to sit down, focus on what's at the top of that list, 
means I actually do it. Verse having, you know, a list where there's 10 things that I've just put down in no particular order and they're all important, they all need to get done. Sometimes if I've done that in the past, I'll look at it and I'll think, I don't even know where to start. And so none of it gets done. But if I've got those clear, like it's almost like having KPIs for yourself. And again, it could be your three must do tasks, your KPIs for your Monday or your Tuesday could be you want to get all of the linen washed. Or it could be um, that you really want to make an important phone call. Whatever it is, you can transfer that hit list to any area of your life. Um, But yeah, just try doing that daily list as well. So you might like to have a monthly list, a weekly, but your daily one. Now, just think about when is the ideal time for you to create that list. I like to do it the night before. Um, because again, it just then means that I'm not lying in bed thinking, oh, what am I going to do tomorrow? I already know it's captured on the paper. I can sleep and I'm getting, going to get up in the morning and going to deal with it because I've got that accountability. And again, the satisfaction of ticking things off the list, which does bring you a level of fulfillment and achievement, which is just a nice, it's like a nice sensation to give yourself. You may prefer to write your list of a morning when you're sat down with a coffee, depending on the rhythm of your day. And just on that topic of giving yourself that satisfaction, rewarding sensation, sometimes I'll also put things on my list I've already done. So not at the top, not as in my top tasks, but I will put things like, say, for example, this morning, I've done a workout because I was up early and I got a workout in before I dropped the kids to school. So on my list today, under my top three must-do tasks, which include one, this podcast, um, I've already written down workout, so I can tick that off. You know, it's just like a little mind mind trick to feel like you've, you know, to get that dopamine hit, that acknowledgement of being like, oh yeah, I did that, like, good job, good job. Because all too often we ignore the things that we have done and we focus on all the stuff we're not doing. So see how you go with creating lists. Number two, this saves me. As someone who, like I do think I have some of the ADHD symptoms, you know how lately just in the zeitgeist, there's been a lot more conversation surrounding how ADHD shows up differently in women, which I would love to do an episode on. I've just not found the right expert. We've reached out to many, but we haven't found the right fit for the podcast. But for me, I do find it hard at times to focus in on one task. So time blocking is so um, just such a key component of my day for getting anything done. And so I've spoken about this before. I've also heard it mentioned on other podcasts. It's not my original concept at all, but it's one that if I'm sharing it today and you've never heard of it and it makes a difference to you, then that is brilliant. And again, I used to do this when the boys were newborns because I had so many days where I felt like I'm not doing anything. I don't know where my day goes. And when I started to time block and realize everything I was doing, it just changed the way I felt about my days. And it was a gift of fulfillment and satisfaction for everything I was achieving. So time blocking for me now means when I have my list, I will book in the times that I'm going to do those tasks and I'll designate time periods. So it could look like for me, um, say for example, this morning, 
if I was time blocking out my whole day. It would look like 6 a.m. till 7 a.m. is getting the kids breakfast sorted, packing lunches, making sure they're dressed and organized and just the general waking up maybe stacking the dishwasher, feeding the dog sort of thing, the domestic stuff. Seven to eight then might be me getting a workout in and me having a shower. Eight to nine is school drop-off, coming home. I might take Lou for a walk around the block, put on a load of washing. I promise I will go and turn that washing machine off in a second. And then nine to 10, sat at my desk recording a podcast. 10 to 11, writing show notes and responding to emails and paying invoices, 11 to 12, recording the second episode of the day for the, of the podcast. So just designating tasks to different times. It just helps my brain to know, okay, one task in this moment, this is where you're at. This is how you're going to achieve it. And because I've got it blocked in for that time, it really helps with procrastination because I'll know like I've only got an hour to get all of this stuff done. I don't have time to dilly dally. I can't spend 15 minutes just mindlessly scrolling on my phone or um, whatever it is. I've got to focus in on this task. And especially when working from home, when there are endless ways I can distract myself, knowing, okay, you've got this time frame to get it done. It means that my butt is in the chair and I get it done. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Number three, think about your own personal rhythm. I'm not going to tell you to do exactly this, but I'm going to ask you to think about what's best for you. When it comes to having a difficult task, something that you've been dreading doing that's going to make you uncomfortable or that's just bothersome, whatever it is, are you the sort of person that operates better if you get it over with first? Or are you the sort of person who likes to warm up? For me, I like to get it over first because if I don't, it hangs over my head. But I know many people who would prefer to warm up and kind of dip their toes into the day and get through their two-minute tasks, get through a couple of other, you know, more like the low-hanging fruit, the easier tasks, because then they get a bit of momentum and they're ready to deal with the bigger one. So there's an expression about just eating the toad first or something like that, like wake up and eat the toad, get the worst thing over which is great if that appeals to you. But if you're more the sort of person who needs to like snowball into your day, that's okay too. But just be mindful of what option suits you so that you're not trying to force yourself to do the other. Often with productivity, it can be really easy to want to copy and paste someone's exact system, but you have to know yourself. You've got to have self-awareness of what's going to truly work for you. Number four, 
get dressed for productivity. Get dressed for whatever tasks you need to achieve that day. This will sound perhaps silly, but if I have my runners on, I am so much more efficient. So I will purposefully choose an outfit that I can have my sneakers on. Sounds silly saying it out loud, but I just feel like when I've got them on, I'm in that go, go, go mode. So I will move more from task to task. It's like a signal to my brain that this is like movement time. Like you've got to get stuff done. And also if I'm interviewing a guest that I've been really preparing for and I'm excited for the episode and I value, like, of course I value all of my guests, but if I've got the time to actually dress nicely for a podcast episode and dress like I'm going into work or dress as I would if I was going to meet them for lunch, that makes me feel more professional. It makes me feel more competent and more confident. So of course, the way that you dress shouldn't change how you feel about yourself, but it can certainly enhance the way that you feel about situations, right? Like you shouldn't, what I mean by that is you shouldn't only feel love for yourself if you're dressed a certain way. You should love yourself either way. But sometimes if you've got a pair of like killer boots or great heels that you love, you might just find yourself standing up that little bit straighter. Or like I said, if it's a pair of sneakers that make you feel like you're getting stuff done, that's great. Dressing for productivity can also mean just knowing what your whole day is going to include. So if you're like some of my days, um, sorry, if you have days that are similar to some of mine where maybe you're getting a workout in, then maybe you're doing a bit of work, but then maybe you've got to go straight from work to a school play date and you know that you're going to be you know, at the park, I will dress accordingly so that I'm not having to change and so that I'm comfortable for the whole day. So just have a little think about the power of getting up and getting into an outfit that you really enjoy. I've recorded podcasts in the past specifically on this, one with a stylist and other ones where I've spoken about wardrobe makeovers. So if your little ears are pricking up now and you're like, huh, I don't love getting dressed each morning. Have a listen to those episodes and I think that they'll be really helpful for you. It's kind of fun to give yourself a bit of a style makeover or think about the way that you're going to dress, particularly if you're like, you know what, I'm going to dress for productivity. What does that mean to you? What does that look like? Number five, I think. (laughs) Um, Fuel up, stay hydrated. Simple tips, but... If you're hungry, you might be less focused. If you're dehydrated, you might be getting a headache. If you're not eating food that is going to sustain you and give you energy and help your brain to actually focus on the task, you're doing yourself a disservice. It's like having an annoying child stood next to you, distracting you, like with that brain fog. Whereas if you eat a really satisfying meal that has a great combination of carbohydrates, fats and protein and micronutrients as well, you're doing yourself a service towards how well you can think and process and move throughout your day. And speaking of children that are stood beside you as distractions, um, not that you can minimize those distractions, nor would you want to, but the next point, number six, is to minimize distractions. And what I mean by that is setting yourself up for success. 
Don't plan to do tasks if you know that there are going to be distractions happening around you. Plan for times when you can be as less likely to be distracted as possible. And also think about systems that you might like to put in place that can help you. So distractions can come in the form of household chores. Distractions can be notifications popping up on your devices, you know. If you're trying to get some deep work done, but you're continually seeing your phone light up in the corner of your eye, that's pulling you out of your focus every single time you see it. And I've had that happen for me. When I'm recording a podcast interview, I will have my phone um, in sight if it's a day that the boys are at school, just in case the school needs me. And when the phone lights up with another notification, Straight away, it pulls me out of the conversation and I see the phone light up. So I'm much better to record podcast interviews on days where I know that if the school was going to ring, they'd be phoning the boy's dad's because it's one of his days. Um, So minimizing distractions, it could be putting your phone on flight mode. It could be turning notifications off, putting your phone on silent, flipping your phone over, You can also use apps that actually block out distractions and keep you like just on the one thing that you're focusing on. There's one called Freedom that you can use and it gives you um, the opportunity to go into your browser and work on the one thing without being able to click through into other things and be distracted. So if you're finding it hard to practice restraint with distractions, One, just know that that's normal because all of these things are designed to distract us and to hack our attention and to steal our focus. So don't feel bad if you need to actually introduce a system like one of those like blocking apps to just give yourself that bit of support. Number seven, speaking of distractions, give yourself designated breaks, like breaks to eat, um, tend to life admin, but also breaks just to scroll. You know, if you are someone who is habitually scrolling on your phone all throughout the day, and now you're trying to time block, you might want to give yourself like a little five minute window, a 10 minute window at the end of each hour, or each two hours, so that you have that little time to just check in and mindlessly scroll. Um, And back to my other point about how important it is just to know yourself and know the way that you best operate. Figure out whether you best operate with a bit of music or whether you need silence. For me, it depends on the task I'm doing. If I'm writing and creating, I love music and I like it quite loud as well. Um, but there are other times when I need complete silence. Like if I'm paying an invoice, I need it to be silent so that I can focus on what I'm actually doing. If I'm trying to give a thoughtful response to an email, if I'm trying to write a post, if I'm trying to write a script for a podcast, I like silence. So it just depends on the task at hand and your own personal function and focus level. If you like music, I would suggest thinking about having different playlists for different tasks or different moods and creating those as well. Because having a playlist that encourages your productivity and doesn't distract you can be so helpful. Number nine, decision fatigue is such a real thing. 
I've mentioned this before in other podcasts, but when you feel like you are continually making decisions, you just get so much more exhausted and fatigued quickly. So how can you make less decisions? So things like, okay, every morning I have my list, I have my top three tasks, that's done. I sit down every morning with my coffee. I'm not even thinking, you know, it's not an option. I'm not going to give myself the option to, oh, will I create a list today? Will I not? It's just a done thing. It's like brushing your teeth. It's like showering. You're just going to sit down and do it. So have a little think about all the areas of your day where you can start to reduce the amount of choices you have to make. So even if you find yourself of a morning stood in front of the pantry thinking, oh, I don't know what I feel like. Do I want eggs? Do I want cereal? Do I want a yogurt? Do I want a smoothie? Just maybe choose a breakfast that you're going to have every day through the week and just go for it. Don't even take the time to think about it. You know, for some people, of course, that's not ideal. And of course, you want a variety of food for micronutrients. It's just an example. You know, it's like working out. If you only have one time of day that you can do it, you're going to do it. But if you know that you've got three different opportunities, you might not get it done. So just making a commitment to what time frame you're going to do it. So decision fatigue is real. It's exhausting. It's taxing. Think about your day. Where can you make less decisions? You may need to also delegate some of the decision making to family members, friends, co-workers. Number 10, systemize and automate where possible. So systemize and automate, of course, applies to work. So you could automate things by having a canned response. Say you spend, you know, an hour a day replying to a similar email. Can you create a canned response, an autoresponder, so that you're not physically having to type out the same thing or even cut and paste it each and every time? Is that applicable to your lifestyle? I remember when I first started working in the online space and then bringing on my first ever employee, we had to really create systems and those canned responses, those ready to go replies. You know, what are the 50 questions I was asked most frequently in regards to baby sleep and toddler sleep? And what sort of response would I give? And that was just really helpful then to help my first employee, Georgia, to know what to say to people. And then rather than her having to come to me every 10 minutes and interrupt whatever I was doing, she had the info there. Now you could take the whole systemize and automate um, idea and inject that into your life as well, even if you're not working from a computer and from home. Systems make a household so much better. If you have the system that, okay, all dirty clothes go into this basket and they all get washed on a Tuesday, that's a system or whatever it is. Um, or no, we don't leave plates on the kitchen bench for mum or dad to put into the dishwasher. They all go straight in. Again, that's just a system that can make life easier. Um, systems are great for having boundaries as well. If you find it exhausting having playdates after school, maybe one of your canned responses when you're invited on a playdate is, 
hey, so-and-so, thanks so much for thinking of us. We'd absolutely love to catch up and I'm sure that would be really fun. However, I'm mindful that Susie and Johnny are really tired after school. So unfortunately, we're going, so unfortunately, we're going to have to miss out this time. Perhaps we could arrange one for a weekend. But just having a canned response so that you're not having to dip into your, even though that seems silly, you know, say dip into your reserves to think of a response. There are just so many different ways that you can create more ease surrounding everything that you are managing in your life. And last but not least, a little bonus tip number 11. If you have little two minute tasks, tasks that are super, super fast for you to do, just do them. Because again, back to my first point at the start of this episode about having that mental load of all the things we ruminate on. But if it's a super quick task that you can do in less than two minutes, less than five minutes, just do it. Um, because it will just feel good to have that off your mind. So if it's that quick BPay bill, if it's that quick phone call, if it's that quick text message, you might even like to dedicate half an hour in your time blocking to do those menial speedy tasks that just have to happen, booking the appointment and whatnot. So those are just a couple of thoughts on the topic of productivity. It's also important to have white space for yourself Because when we are going, 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 doing, doing, doing all the time, we run the risk of burning out, but we also run the risk of not having any new creative ideas. I know for myself, when I create that bit of white space, so that might look like going for a bike ride, going for a walk, working out, um, just sitting down and having a cup of tea on my own, or even just doing something enjoyable, like catching up with a girlfriend, that can be so recharging as well. Um, But also the white space sometimes of just having silence in the car after the school drop-off, not feeling every moment. That's when new ideas drop in. And it's also when you can actually check in with yourself and notice how you're really feeling and what you really need. So do not discount how important it is to give yourself white space. You don't need to be productive 24 seven. You need time to do nothing because that helps when you are doing all of the some things that all of us are doing. So I hope that this episode has been helpful for you. I'd really love to hear from you if you enjoyed this episode, particularly over in our free Facebook group. There is a link in the show notes to join us um, or Feel free to take a screenshot, share this on your Instagram stories, tag me at Kylie Camps, and then I can share this on my Instagram stories as well. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen and choosing to listen to the Frey podcast, and I look forward to speaking with you soon. This is what I want, this is what I need, if you don't have to go, I can set you free, are you going?
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.